0: Good morning. Um, Today's going to be an exciting uh, discussion, I hope. A lot of logic up and back, Popol, Svaris, and I think it's very interesting. Once upon a time, story, once upon a time, a woman gives birth to a baby boy on a Friday. And come the next Friday, it's time for the Bris. And as often happens, at least in America, the male comes a few days before and says, you know, I'm not sure, I'll come the day of and we'll see if the baby's ready for the bris. And indeed, the male comes Friday morning, he looks at the baby, Billy Rubens are high, the baby's quite yellow, he says, nah, I'm not comfortable doing this today, we'll push off the bris, okay? Now, the parents of this baby, <coughs> They um, they really want to have the bris on time. It's a special, it's interesting. <coughs> I think in the Chabad, it's not considered such a you know just whatever Hashem has in mind. But in, in in certainly in many other communities, it's considered a big thing to do whatever you can to have the bris with money. And so they did. The day they made sure it was in the summer. They made sure to keep the baby outdoors as much as possible. And uh, with the sunlight and maybe they did tho- phototherapy, whatever the different uh, things you can do are to lower the bilirubin. And it's a long summer. Friday came, Friday afternoon, and the parents, who are no experts, but they think they see a considerable change in the baby's appearance, and they say, you know what, let's um, let's take the baby back to the mile and see if he would do the bris now. There's still a couple of hours, still Shabbos, uh, an hour. You don't need that long to do a bris. Let's see if we could do it. So put the baby in the car, go to the male's house, knock on the door. What do you think of the baby? And the male looks at the baby and he says, you know what, you're right. You're right, the baby's ready for the bris. The problem is I've already brought in Shabbos. I did early Shabbos. Oh. And, um, and uh, so, so I don't know if I could do the bris. Now, if a bris problem? falls on Shabbos, if a bris falls on Shabbos, if the baby's born on Shabbos and the eighth day of Shabbos, then the bris overrides Shabbos. But here, it's not a Shabbos bris, it's a Friday bris. So what's to say that a Friday bris overrides Shabbos? So this is the question which uh, the Rabbonim and the Rav was presented with, and he had to be a very good Rav to know the answer offhand. And the Rav said, let me tell you another story. Once upon a time, there was a community... And this story is a story brought by the Taz, one of the primary commentaries to the Shulchan Aruch, in Hilchas Rosh Hashanah, in Eirechaim Simon chapter six hundred. And the Taz brings a story: there was a community, small community, they had a shofar for Rosh Hashanah, and on Erev Rosh Hashanah there was a uh, burglary or some some sort of uh, you know anti-Semitic um, event, and the robbers. Um, p- p- what's the word? Pillage. They took lots of stuff and they took the shaifer. So now, this community, they have no shaifer. So they sent a representative of the community to go to an, a nearby town. I get, he doesn't say this, but I would assume that the other town was within the Tchum Shabbos or within the area of Tchum and he was able to get there somehow on Yom because he would not be allowed to leave the Tchum to get a shoifer. Um, anyway, so they, they send this guy to get the shoifer and some emergency comes up and the shliach who had gone to procure a shoifer from the next town over was delayed so they didn't have a shofar on the first day of Rosh Hashanah on the second day of Rosh Hashanah they also didn't have a shoifer and obviously there's no communication, they have no idea what's happening to the shliach <coughs> no shofar. Rosh Hashanah that year <coughs> was on Thursday and Friday, as it often is. Friday evening, second day Rosh Hashanah, they um, come to shul, they do early Shabbos, as was the standard practice in uh, uh, many, if not most, communities in Europe. And um, after they finished down, he come out of shul, and suddenly running, running, huffing, catching his breath, the met whatever the emergency was, he managed to make it back with the shoifer. And here, um, scientifically, it's Friday, the sun is still above the horizon, it's before sunset on Friday, it's still Rosh Hashanah, but the community have already brought in Shabbos. So, can we blow Schaefer for Rosh Hashanah
1: when it's already Shabbos for us. Well, there the question right, really is can they get the mitzvah, right? That's the question. It's not the derubunan of not, I'm not blowing shofar on the Shabbos, it's also yeah, uh, El Suresh Hashanah. Right? It's really the, the, the former. What I, y- I'm
0: i not sure if I understand what you're saying.
1: I think one, one
0: difference between the two stories you're pointing out is that Doing a bris is biblically forbidden. That's what I'm saying. Now it may override Shabbos or may not. That's what we have to discuss. But the shaila is a Shila of biblical nature. If it's forbidden to do the bris, then doing the bris would be a biblical violation. Whereas blowing shofar on Rosh Hashanah is not a biblical prohibition; it's only a rabbinic prohibition.
1: Is that what you're saying? B- blowing on Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbos. Yeah, this is not a time a case where it fell on Shabbos. So I'm saying I'm assuming that's not the concern. That the bigger concern is now that they're they're Mikabel Shabbos, they can't be Yodse even if he would blow it, because they're already like they're on oh, Shabbos. So Ari, oh, very good. So Ari's pointing out
0: that the, so there's, there's really two differences between the two the two questions. The first question of the Bris, the question is number one: it's a biblical prohibition to do a, to, to to cause a wound and anything like that on Shabbos is a biblical prohibition. Whereas the shoifer is a rabbinic prohibition. That's number one. Number two, the question is, does it count? In other words, you may determine, look, do the bris. In other words, if a person does the bris, then whether or not he violated Shabbos, you can make the argument, at the end of the day, the kid is circumcised, he's fulfilled the mitzvah of Mila. That's questionable, but let's just accept that. Whereas by shofar, the question is, you've now made it Shabbos. So now it's no longer, even though scientifically it's still Rosh Hashanah, halachically it's Shabbos. So even if you blow the, the shofar, you haven't even done a mitzvah because it's not Rosh Hashanah anymore. This question actually is related to a similar question <coughs> that comes up any time you have early Shabbos conflicting. Um, for example, um, if, you, um, if if Shmini Atzeres falls on Shabbos. And uh, let, let's just talk about a case in Eretz Yisroel where mm-hmm. th- we don't sit in the sukkah in Shemini Atzeres in Eretz well, But there's one day on this. So if a person does Shemini Atzeres early, so scientifically it's still sukkah. Halachically, sukkah is finished. Does he eat in the sukkah or not? Right. So that's another thing that Ari's pointing out that the question of blowing the shofar on Thursday, on Friday afternoon, after you've already brought in Shabbos has two factors. One factor is that the prohibition is merely a rabbinic prohibition. But on the flip side, the question is more fundamental, does blowing shofar accomplish anything? Like, it's not Rosh Hashanah anymore, so it's like blowing shofar on Pesach.
2: Okay, so I'm confused as usual. I asked about the shofar, blowing person. Isn't it a mitzvah to hear the shofar? So if it's Shabbos for the person blowing it, no Shabbos for the Christian in that point well in community. that case
0: in I that mean. case the community had already accepted Shabbos and there the halacha is the, the, so the halacha is that an individual can choose to accept Shabbos early but if you're in a community where the whole community accepts Shabbos early so then everybody is quote unquote by force part of that community I mean even if you personally don't have but don't accept Shabbos it doesn't matter if the community locally accepts Shabbos early you'll be
2: sent
0: to yeah and that's this is actually very relevant to because Chabad have quite mm-hmm. a, fairly try very much to n- to do myriv. There's no there's no objection to taking in Shabbos early, but we don't daven miriv early. Okay. Now <coughs> in many cities in Europe, it's common that all the schools in town daven miriv early, right? So for example, I used to live in Edgeware. In Edgeware, there there's certainly pa- part times in the summer where all the shul, local schools do early Shabbos. So even if mm-hmm. I personally want to wait and daven myriv and make kiddush later. I can yeah. do so, but I'm, I, I have to bring in Shabbos early, because everybody within walking distance mm-hmm. does.
2: Yes. So in this case, bringing Shabbos in early ends Rosh Hashanah early.
0: Right. Well, that's the question, does it? So okay. if we've ended Rosh Hashanah, now it's too late for Schaefer.
2: Okay. And then, the question for the bris th- for the for the baby, it's still Friday, right? And for that family, but... For, for the uh, for moel. the moel, it's Shabbos.
0: So what's what's the problem? Well, the moel is the one who's going to be do it, making the wound, violating
2: Shabbos, and if it's Shabbos for him... Oh, okay. So that's my other question. And then I'll just, just reflect my yeah. lack of knowledge. If a baby is born on Shabbos, is there a bris the next Shabbos?
0: Yes. Shabbos does violate, override mm-hmm. bris, but the question is, a Shabbos violates a bris... Uh, bris overrides Shabbos... When, the, when Shabbos and the bris intrinsically the coincide.
2: But it's the
0: eighth day. Right. Here, Shabbos mm. and the bris don't intrinsically coincide. The Moel has artificially created
1: a Shabbos that coincides with the bris. So you could, in theory, make the argument that it should be the same, but we have no, we have no, we need, we need well, evidence. We need evidence. We need, <laughs> evidence. we need evidence. We don't know.
0: Okay. So the Taos, we're going to be, so, so, so the Taos says like this. It says, first of all, first of all, There is a Mishnah. In halacha, there's a concept called Bein Hashmoshes. That means there's day, which is day. There's night, which is night. And then there's Bein Hashmoshes, which we loosely translate as twilight, which means that that middle period, let's call it the period, again, loosely, the period between sunset and nightfall, that period is called Bein Hashmoshes, which is doubt. We don't know definitively if it belongs to the previous day or the next day, right? Obviously, in halacha, the day the next day starts with night. So Friday night begins Shabbos. So does Shabbos begin when it's nightfall on Friday or when it's sunset on Friday? That's the area of doubt. And the Mishnah says that in that time, in that time period, which we're calling twilight, it's permissible to do things that are forbidden on Shabbos because of shvus. Shvus means that. The, that it biblically is permissible, but the Chachamim said you should refrain from doing this. So the, that, that is, the, the, this prohibition of the Chachamim to refrain from doing things on Shabbos, they only instituted that when it's actually, definitely Shabbos, what's called a Tzuma But in the twilight zone, it's permissible. Now, later on the Mershahim M- explained that it doesn't mean that all rabbinic things are permissible during twilight, it has to be, as we'll see soon in the Alter Rebbe, it has to be that there's a great need to do it, or a need for a mitzvah, you don't start doing things in that period, the rule is that once it's sunset, you know, or even earlier, candlelighting, lighting, it's Shabbos, and then, there's certain things which, in case of great need, or the need of a mitzvah, if they're only rabbinic in nature, you could be lenient until it's actually nightfall. Okay, That's a Mishnah, nobody, nobody argues with that. Maybe there's arguments about how to apply specific details, but the general principle that rabbinic prohibitions only set in 100% after nightfall, is everybody accepts that, it's explicit in the Mishnah. Again, the details of exactly when you apply this leniency may be subject to debate, but the, the but, but the, the fact that such a leniency exists is acceptable, accepted. Now, then we have a machleikus. The machleikus is, what if it's not? yet not twilight. It's still broad daylight outside. But you already accepted Shabbos. Right? So here we have a machleikus. Rabbeinu Yoyel he says, there's no difference between accepting Shabbos and twilight. In fact, it's what he calls a kalvachemer, If when it's twilight, and it might already be Shabbos. Nevertheless, because it's not definitely Shabbos, the Chachamim said you could still do those things with Mishum Shvus. So certainly when it's still daylight outside... Who, who says this? Rabbi Yoel, it's a bit... Yeah? One I just
1: want to know who that yeah, is.
0: Yeah, yeah. But certainly when it's still daylight outside, and it's certainly not Shabbos, it's just that you've personally accepted Shabbos on yourself, then certainly the rabbinic prohibitions don't apply. And so Rabbinio rules that all these Rabbinic prohibitions that are permissible at the twilight zone are also permissible once you've already...
1: No, twilight zone is over. Everybody that's familiar (laughs) with the... the (laughs) the very popular television show that um, oh, okay. called The Twilight Zone.
2: Every time you say it, it's there's
1: I, I noticed the smirks and I, uh, I had to join. Uh, okay. Twilight time. I thank Hashem that I'm not familiar with this.
0: <laughs> um, okay.
1: But we're all thinking the same thing, right? Is, Just the first, the, the, the Great Britain the guy. All right. So you have to keep this in You've noticed they're all like, you saw the little smirk on our face. <laughs> you you Gilded what, Gilded is Island. Am I missing go. something? <laughs> Something's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. All right. So now, th- so this is the opinion of Rabbi Yoel. and Rabbi Yoel, of course, as you can imagine, he has proofs from various Gemaras to back up his opinion. But that is his opinion. Um, and then, however, there are other Rishonim. Who ask questions based on other practices in the Gemara, and they say no, that accepting Shabbos upon yourself is more binding, more strict <coughs> than doing melacha in that twilight time where we're not sure. Hmm. And the Taz finishes off this this part of the Taz. He finishes off. I am not worthy to be machria How do you say to be the the, the decider of this argument? He, he's saying logically, he brings his proofs, he logically, Taz is saying logically I agree with Rabbi Yoyo that it should be permissible, but I'm not going to want to decide. So that's the Taz's first step in his argument here with the Shaifer. He says if you're allowed to do all these things the Rabbanon once Shabbos already comes in um, in the in the in the suffolk, and according to Rabbi Ben Yoyel, who the Taz seems to be saying that I'm erring, uh, I'm, I'm 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 preferring that side of the argument. So then, even if it's already Shabbos, there is no prohibition to to, to blow the shofar because the shofar is only a rabbinic prohibition, and therefore that doesn't set it. Now, as we'll see soon, this part of the Taz's argument um, is rejected by many hmm. poskim, including we'll see soon the Alter Rebbe. But then, before we go to the Alter Rebbe, I want to continue in the in the Taz's argument. What has the Taz said so far? He says we have a machlekas Ben Yael and the ar- those who argue on him whether or not you're allowed to do malacha, uh, uh, rabbinic shvus, rabbinic malachas, after you've already accepted Shabbos. And the Taz is saying, I prefer, based on his understanding of the Gemara, he prefers the more lenient approach. But then the Taz says something, says something even more profound. He says, even those opinions who are strict and don't allow you to do malacha once you've accepted Shabbos, here they may be lenient. Because, and here we have to get into the logic of the Kalachimah. What was the Ka'al The said there is a time when we're not sure if it's Shabbos. It's Bein Hashmosh, it's twilight. And there we're saying it's permissible to do rabbinic things. Mm-hmm. So how much more so is it permissible to do things when it's certainly not yet Shabbos? You've just accepted Shabbos upon yourself. right? Those who argued on Rabbeinu Yoyal, they said no. Once you accept the Shabbos upon yourself, you accept the Shabbos completely, entirely. When it's the suffix, when it's twilight, where you didn't do anything, it just—it's—it's it's objectively speaking twilight. We don't know what day it is, so we could say, okay, we don't know yet for sure if it's Shabbos. So the Chacham said, don't—we're not yet—we're not yet, we're not yet um, imposing upon you to be to refrain from these things. But when you went ahead and proactively accepted Shabbos upon yourself, maybe that's more powerful and more binding than Bein <coughs> bain Those are the two sides of the argument. Again, Rebbe says here it may already be Shabbos yet we say these things are permissible. So here we know for sure it's not Shabbos it's just that you personally happen to accept it upon yourself so certainly it's permissible. The, those who argue and Rebbe Nirel says no. Here it's not yet certainly Shabbos and so the Chachamim said okay we're not going to impose on you these prohibitions but here where you, of your own volition, chose to accept Shabbos upon yourself, once you accept Shabbos, you accept it for all intents and purposes, even for rabbinic prohibitions. Says the Taz, that's all if you're talking about things that are subject to their own volition, if you're talking about voluntary things. But here you have a mitzvah, you have an obligation to hear shofar. You, you don't have the right and the capacity to, to, to voluntarily choose to close the door on Hashanah and become Shabbos when still, it's still incumbent upon you to do the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. So the Taz is making the argument that even those opinions, the Talmudir Rabbani Hoyle, who argue on him in the, in the general case, where there's no obligation, it's just you want to still do something, in the case where there's an obligation, they would also agree that it's permissible. Because they're saying, why is it forbidden to do mitzvah in that, in that time, because you went ahead of your own volition and chose to impose Shabbos upon yourself early? Okay, that's if it's voluntary mm-hmm. things. You can, choose to, 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 um, you can choose to do so. Can
2: I ask a question?
0: Just, just one moment. But when it comes to an obligation, you have a chiyof to hear a shoifer. Okay, granted, you didn't know that you were going to still get a shoifer. But the fact is that vis-a-vis shoifer, you have an obligation to hear the shoifer. And therefore, you, ha- you don't have the right to accept Shabbos upon yourself early. Even unwillingly even unwittingly, and then he goes out one, one moment, Steve, mm-hmm. and then he draws a parallel from the halacha of Yom HaMu'una halacha of Yom I'll read it to you the way so I'll read it to you the way the Alta Rebbe says it, somebody who made a mistake on a cloudy day, and obviously this is before we have, you know, digital clocks and everything and he thought that it's already dark it's very cloudy, he thought it's nighttime, and he david marif on Friday night, and then the clouds clear up, clear up, and he sees that the sun is still out Says the Alter Rebbe, mm-hmm. even though Hidavan and after Plaga Mincha, which means after the time that it's already possible to do early Shabbos, like we call it. Nevertheless, because he did not intend to do early Shabbos, he thought he was doing, He thought it was already, in fact, Shabbos. Retroactively, we say that his davening have and acceptance on Shabbos is null and void. And it's completely weekday for him, and he's still allowed to drive his car and do whatever he wants, and he has to daven mirev again.
2: Right? Under what circumstances?
0: When he thought that he, he didn't have a clock, it was dark, it was cloudy. Oh, he I thought th- it was already Shabbos. Okay. right. That's how hal- I just read it to you from the Rebbe, but it's a Gemara, it's all the Paskum, right? Says the Taz... If when a person accepts upon him Shabbos early because of a mistake, because it was cloudy and he didn't know the time, we say that his acceptance of Shabbos is worthless because it's not Shabbos yet. So certainly in this case where he thought that, he, where he didn't realize he was still going to have the opportunity to do the mitzvah of Shaffer, then certainly his acceptance of Shabbos is null and void, and therefore retroactively, once the Schaefer comes to town and he realizes that he had an opportunity to do so, so certainly it would be, um, it would, it would be okay for his, his acceptance of Shabbos is null and void, and he can go ahead and, at least vis a vis hearing Schaefer or blowing Schaefer is concerned, and he can go ahead and blow the shofar here. hear the shofar. So just to summarize, Steve, before we ask a question, um, just to summarize the taz, <laughs> this part of the task so far, he makes two points. He makes the argument that, first of all, that even those opinions who, generally speaking, are strict about doing malachas to Rabbanon after you've accepted Shabbos, that would be only about volunt- voluntary malachas. Whereas <coughs> um, whereas here, where you have an obligation to hear the shofar, you don't have the right or the capacity to accept uh, upon yourself Shabbos early, just like you can't make Shabbos on Tuesday, you can't make Shabbos on Friday if you still have the mitzvah of hearing shofar. Mm-hmm. And secondly, he says it's 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 like a mistake because just like if you if you made both Shabbos early by mistake because you thought it was already night and then the clouds clear up and you see that it's still daytime, so then this is also it's like a mistake and therefore you can still go ahead and hear the shofar. Just one moment.
1: So in the in Just the sec- one moment, one
0: moment. moment.
2: Yeah, Steve. So in oaths, isn't isn't there this concept that if I make uh, a limitation on myself, let's say I'm giving up caffeine for a year, okay? And then I realize that this was a big this was a mistake, you know? Can't I go to like a base den or something and say, you know, you know I I made this oath, but it was a mistake, I didn't realize I was going to have all these, you know, withdrawal, you know, and 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 just get it reversed? Can, can you do... Is that a similar situation that could be applied here? I'm
0: very happy that you asked that question. That's an extremely relevant point, and I uh, hope uh, we're going to get to that soon. Oh, good.
2: Yeah, very
0: good. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's where this is heading, but uh, yeah. we have to get we have to
1: go that step by step. Ari, you want to say something? No, I was just... So in the second point that the, that the TAS brings, you, in order to do tosefes Shabbos, it has to be intentional, right? That's the yeah. that's the halacha. Yes. Okay. And and so in this so in this case, there wasn't there was intention, but the the point is is that there was intention with a with a lack of information. Correct. Okay. All right.
0: Now the truth is. That this question, going back to the original Machloikas that the Taz brought, that we have Rabbi Yoel and the Talmud Rabbi Yoel, about whether or not um, a pur- you can, you're allowed to do rabbinic prohibitions after you've already accepted Shabbos. So there seems to be a contradiction in the Shulchan Aruch itself. In one place, he paskins that you are allowed to, the Shulchan Aruch. And in another place, he paskins that you're not allowed to. So how do we, so the Taz is saying that, you know, who am I to get involved, but I think that it is permissible. But mm-hmm. how, what are we to make of the contradiction in the Shulchan Aruch itself? So the Alter Rebbe has a, mm-hmm. an, a, a novel, a tremendous chiddish in this regard, and it's a very famous Khidish of the Alter Rebbe that is relevant in all sorts of cases. Um, we've, we've mentioned it in the past, but I'll just go through it briefly. First of all, let me read to you the way the Alter Rebbe speaks about the Halacha, and then we'll go into the reasoning of the Alter Rebbe and then this will shed light on some of the discussion that we'll have in the next part of the class. (coughs) So the Alter Rebbe starts off, it's a similar by saying that um, uh, um, that the original Din of the Mishnah, which we started off with today, that after Bain Hashmoshes, we're not talking about you accepting Shabbos, when it is in the twilight period, is permissible to do um, rabbinic prohibitions if it is for the sake of a mitzvah or for some other great need and then and he goes on to give some examples therefore <laughs> if you're, it is permissible to make an er- eruv at that time of ben you're allowed to make an eruv chatseris eruv means that you have two adjoining um, courtyards and you want to be able to carry from one to the other or contemporarily carry in the city of Chicago, so that's called the Erev chaserus. if you didn't create that Erev before Shabbos you're allowed to do it during that time of Ben Hashmoshes, because he's very pressured, and it's, it's stressful, you need to be able to carry on Shabbos, so that's considered a great need, and it's also a mitzvah as we be explained later that it's a mitzvah to make such an Erev okay, so the first example that the Rabbi gives of a rabbinic prohibition that's permissible during the time of Ben Hashmoshes is making a native. Next example. Um, you have a new utensil, you have new uh, new glasses, and you want to be able to drink for, from them on Shabbos, or use your fork, whatever it is. You don't have other kalim to use, so you're allowed to tovel those kalim, even though you're not allowed to tovel on Shabbos, but Ben uh, Hashmoshes, because the prohibition to tovel on kelim on Shabbos would only be a rabbinic prohibition, so again, if you don't have other utensils to use, so then that's considered a great need, and you're allowed to tovel the kelim during that period. <coughs> okay, it gives a few more examples. I will also have What if it's, it's Shabbos coming up? Oh, I forgot to be mafresh challah from the dough. Yeah, I forgot to separate challah. So, if you remember, a couple of years ago, we had this whole discussion about somebody who forgot to take challah on Erev Pesach, um, from, and, and it was Shabbos, and the kohen the, the eating the challah nowadays, and if you recall that, there was two classes we did uh, two years ago. Anyway, a year and a half ago. But, um, anyway, the, the halacha is that in Chutz Laaretz there isn't a strict requirement to... Um, there isn't a strict requirement to... Separate challah before you eat the dough. You can go ahead and eat the dough and leave o- eat the bread and leave over some at the end, and then be mafresh challah after Shabbos. So, therefore, to be mafresh challah to separate challah before Shabbos is not such a great need. It's not a need from it, so you can do it after Shabbos, and therefore you can't be mafresh challah during Ben Moshas, even though it's only a rabbinic prohibition. Then the Alt-Rebbe goes on to say that to ya- light a yardside candle even though there's no strict there's no real mitzvah involved mm-hmm. in lighting a yardside candle but because people take that very seriously that would be, the, you know, people would feel very, it's really important to people to have a yardside candle on the day of the yardside so if for whatever reason you didn't light the yardside candle before Shabbos, you can do it during that time and then he goes on to say maruba, if there's a great financial loss um, involved, you could also do a malachat rabbanon in that time Okay, so the, I just I gave a list of examples. Depending on the time we have, or if we choose to continue this topic next week, we might go into some of these examples become relevant into real life stories that the poskim discuss. But again, the examples that the Rebbe gave of things that are, are permissible are creating an eruv, toveling kalim, and great financial loss. One example, and a yardside candle, those four. An example of something that's forbidden is to be mafresh chala because, at least in chutzlaretz, because you can be mafresh chala after Shabbos in chutzlaretz. Wait. Then. How, about, how are you able to
1: do a yardside candle? What do we mean by yardside
0: Sorry, I, I should have said, to ask Ugoi to light the yardside candle. Sorry, I should have said I, Obviously, light, thank you. Obviously, lighting a yardside candle would be forbidden on a biblical level, but you could ask a Ugoi to light the candle for you. Thank you for, for, thank you for clarifying.
2: Would okay. Ugoi have to carry the, t-
0: carry the utensils to the mikvah? Yeah, to the obviously, yes, yeah, the I, th- absolutely. So if the right, you no would, all, all, all of this inclu- assumes that there's only rabbinic prohibitions involved, yes. Okay, then the Altered rabbi has this big caveat to this whole thing this is all, if you were not did not yet accept Shabbos upon yourself it's just already been hashmashers it's already twilight if you already Davan Mayriv early and thereby accepted Shabbos upon yourself or you didn't Davan Mayriv yet but you already answered baruchum which is, a, is equivalent to having mayrev or or, if you personally didn't answer Baruchul, but the whole congregation already accepted Shabbos upon themselves by saying Baruchul, and that perforce drags you along, as explained in Tutra English, So then you're not allowed to do any of these things. You're not allowed to ask, ask you and maybe, yeah, but but, but but you're not allowed to do any of the things that are abundant, on, like Pevel and Kalim and things, because you've already accepted the Shabbos upon yourself. So here, the altar Rebbe is weighing in on this Machleikas. The Talisman started off with the Machleikas that Rabbi Neel says that once you've accepted the Shabbos, it's permissible to do things. And the Talmud Rabbi Niyoyal said, no, even once you've accepted the Shabbos, you're not allowed to do things that are also that are born on. Here, the altar Rebbe is weighing in and saying that once you've accepted the Shabbos, it's forbidden the altar Rebbe is being now here we have a Kuntra Um we've mentioned this a number of times the al sometimes has Kuntra where he writes, he sort of develops the basis for his reasoning, we actually spoke about this very recently where we discussed the um, going, to, attending a bris and eating meat during the nine days or having a great uh, a bris on Friday who was here for that class yeah, so th- that was a Kuntra where the al goes into the whole story of the bris with the Shaloh and what the Allah's teacher told him, and how the Alter Rebbe infers from that our general um, uh, responsibilities toward uh, minhagim, uh, you know, what's our obligation to keep up the, these type of traditions. So that was also a kunta zahran. So here we have a kunta zahran. And briefly, what the Alter Rebbe says in this kunta is, that there's this contradiction. In one place, the Shulchan Aruch lechumrah, that you're not allowed to do malocha after you've, accept, uh, after you've accepted Shabbos, and in one place is the passage of the Chumran. And al has a very simple fix, a very simple um, synthesis to re- the resolution between the, this contradiction. It says it depends if you've already accepted Shabbos or you've already adavined myrif. There's two levels in accepting Shabbos. Mm-hmm. There's accepting Shabbos accepting Shabbos upon myself now and then there's accepting, there's which creates an once you dive in my rib, or you answer or according to some opinions if you light Shabbos candles which we've discussed in the past, so now it's not just you've accepted Shabbos upon yourself now you've actually created the reality of it's really Shabbos now And that's how we, so, so, so in other words, if it's Ben Hashemoshes, if you haven't accepted Shabbos upon yourself, or even if you accept the Shabbos, you, you say, yeah. okay, good Shabbos, I'm accepting Shabbos, but you didn't yet actually Davin Meirev or say barchu so then you would be permissible to do these Drabonon these things. But if you've already Davin Meirev, then it would be forbidden. That's how the Alter Rebbe synthesizes between this apparent contradiction and the Shulchan Now, in the context of this Kunter Sakharin, the Alter Rebbe quotes our Taz. He says the Taz in, sh- in, sh- in, sh- in chapter Reish, which talks about the story of the Shoifer that came on Friday afternoon of Rosh Hashanah, and the Taz quotes those opinions who are lenient. So the Alter Rebbe says, First of all, the Alt-Rebbe brings other places where the Taz is strict. So now we you know, hear that we, in the case of the Shefah, the Taz has been lenient. But the Alt-Rebbe quotes other places where the Taz himself um, is machmir. And then he says that even the Taz himself... <laughs> if you recall, when I quoted to you the Taz, I said, the Taz says, <laughs> I can't get involved over here, but I think, that, you know, I'm, I prefer the, the lenient opinion. So, the Alt-Rebbe is basically... N- first of all, not accepting the leniency of the TAS, and B, he seems to be saying that the TAS himself really wasn't accepting his own leniency. He was saying it um, to make the, his argument, but as we'll see soon, the TAS has more arguments why he wants to permit them to blow Schäufer. But at this stage in the game, just the very the, 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 the beginning of the TAS, where he says the Alter Rebbe takes that very seriously. He says, right, the Taz is not really passing that way. He's saying, he's saying, if you, if you ask my opinion, that's what I think, but I'm not worthy to, to decide in this makhleikas, and like I said, the Alter Rebbe finds other places where the Taz himself is machmer. and so the Alter Rebbe makes this very clear that it's, uh, that after you've davened, if you've just accepted upon your Shabbos, fine, but once you've davened rib, or said baruchu, or the whole community has said baruchu, now it would be forbidden to do um, anything, even, even rabbinic prohibitions. And so back, let's go, let's go, let's get back now to our story of the Shefer, where we're up to so far. It would seem so far for sure that al would be machmed. I think that the al would be all the way through. But, just to let the Taz have more of a chance to speak, the, alt- the Taz does have more arguments. So, just to recap... Especially um, for some people who may have, uh, maybe I was talking too complicated or too fast, or I don't know. But just, uh, let's just recap, right? We have a story. The mm-hmm. story is that the this is Shoshana's Thursday, Friday. There's no Shoshan in the whole town. And on Friday evening, after they've already accepted Shabbos, the whole community has already Daven Meirut. But it's still light outside. The sun is still in the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, a Shoshan comes to town says the taz, first of all, I prefer the opinion that's lenient, that you're allowed to do rabbinic prohibitions after you've accepted Shabbos. Secondly, even those opinions that are strict, perhaps they're strict when it comes to voluntary things, but in this case where you have an obligation to hear the chauffeur, you don't even have the right to accept, the capacity to accept Shabbos. Thirdly, even if you do have the capacity, it was a mistake. And it's no different than if you ac- thought thought it was already night, and then the clouds cleared up, and you saw it was still daytime. That your acceptance of Shabbos is null and void. So the same would apply here. Had you known you were going to get a Schreifer, um had you known you were going to get a Schreifer, you would never have ex- accepted Shabbos. So this is a considered mistake. And then the Taz makes another point, and this point is going to lead to Steve's argument. So, but, but, uh, there's a couple of steps on the way. Minero 8 says the Taz. The Taz just said that just like when it was cloudy and you thought it was already night and you're David and retroactive and then the clouds clear up so your acceptance of Shabbos is not the void. So to hear, had you known there would be a Shafer coming, you would never have accepted Shabbos and therefore your acceptance of Shabbos is not the void. Now the Taz goes even more extreme. He says, even if you would have known there was a Shafer coming, this is really, it's really going back to his second point. He's like jumping the third point and jumping back mm-hmm. to the second point. Even had you known for sure there was a Shefer coming, and you nevertheless defiantly went ahead and accepted Shabbos upon yourself, that would you, you wouldn't have the capacity to, to, to accept Shabbos like he just said. And then he uses the word, and here we, we get into your territory. It's no better than a shvuah. The notion of shvuah. And by the way, this is how I came into this topic this week, is because we were, lear- we're learning, in Rambam these days, we're learning the laws of vows and oaths and all those things. We just finished oaths yesterday, and today we start the laws of vows. So the halach with shvua is, chal la A person, shvua, the notion of shavuah of oath, is that the Torah gives a person the capacity... In the words of the Chumash, to take something that is permissible and create a prohibition. It's permissible for me to drink caffeine, and if I say that I accept upon myself under the oath not to do so, so then caffeine becomes prohibited to me. Now, that capacity is limited to voluntary activities. A person does not have the capacity to say, I'm going to make an oath and I'm not going to wear tefillin. Because you're obligated to wear it, fill in, and your oath that you're not going to wear it, full- in, is worthless. Mm-hmm. Says the Taz, by the same notion, even if you def- knew you were going to get a shofar, and you defiantly went ahead and accepted Shabbos upon yourself, it's, it doesn't help. Because your obligation to, ke- to, 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 to hear shofar... Overrides is, surpa- is uh, removes your capacity to create Shabbos early. In other words, the Taz is implicitly saying that the idea of taking upon your Shabbos, so, so taking Shabbos in early, is comparable to an oath. Now just like I could say I'm not going to drink coffee, even though coffee is permissible, by the same notion I could say I'm not going to do um, any work on Friday evening, even though it's still Friday, right? And that's considered Shabbos. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So sim, it's similar to the point two. It's very similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's ca- kind of an elaboration of point two, yes. Right. Then the task goes on to point four. He says that actually it's completely irrelevant. Everything that I've written until now is all the HaTemelsa. I'm just, uh, I'm not sure how to translate de HaTemelsa, but the point is that it's elaboration i'm just elaborating that really but even if the truth is that even if you can accept shabbos and your acceptance of shabbos is valid etc etc nevertheless you can still hear shofar why Mm -hmm. there is a halacha in the laws of circumcision and here we're going back a little bit to our first story whether we have the baby born on friday the Shogunarach says um, sorry the B'Syosef brings toli the British is not dependent on tefillah if they accept the Shabbos while well, it is still day both to be lenient and to be strict in other words whichever way it comes on uh, as far as Mila is concerned Shabbos is Shabbos and Friday is Friday goes by the sun not by myrif. Mm. now one second what does that mean this is what this means, what the Beis Yosef means, and what the Taz extrapolates from that. So first, let's explain what the, the Beis Yosef means. What the Beis Yosef means is that this, when is the baby born? What if, again, rem- remember the rule is that if the whole town, the whole community, Davin's Shabbos early, brings in Shabbos early, then it's, then it's Shabbos for everyone perforce, right? right? So what if the whole town daven Shabbos early, and then the baby is born? So it comes night at nine o'clock, 7 o'clock, or 7.30, everyone brought in Shabbos. 8 o'clock, the baby is born. So when are you going to do the bris next week? On Friday or Shabbos? It was when he was born, the whole community was Shabbos already. Doesn't matter. We're going to say the, the bris was um, the baby was born on Friday. Scientific Friday. The bris is going to be on the scientific Friday. Similarly, the other way around. If they doubt, and this is not such common practice nowadays, but if they davened, if they davened Myriv on Matzah Shabbos early, so they finished Myriv on Matzah Shabbos, but really it's still Shabbos already. It's, sorry, it's still Shabbos scientifically, but they've already davened Myriv, and now the baby's born. So you might say, oh, well, the baby's born on Matzah Shabbos, so the bris should be on Sunday. No. The bris is going to be on Shabbos. Because even though everyone knows already Davin scientifically it was still Shabbos when the baby was born, the sun was still on the horizon, and so next week the bris is going to be on Shabbos. That's what the Beis Yosef brings, the Nismak. Says the Taz, I'll extrapolate from that. What's the difference if you're talking about when the baby was born or when it's the time for the bris? By the very same... if the baby, for whatever reason, was not able to be circumcised during the, 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 the early part of Friday, and then they daven Mayrev of Shabbos, but it's still day, and then the baby became healthy enough to perform the bris, you have to do the bris. Because just like in determining the time of birth, we go by the time in the s- on, the, on, the, on the clock, not by whether or not you've davened Maryv, right? We go by the, by the scientific time, is it Friday or Shabbos or Sunday, not by the halachic reality versus vis-a-vis what you've davened or not davened. The same is true a week later when it comes time to perform the bris, that if, right, this is the t- it doesn't say this explicitly in the B'Shosh this is the Taz's extrapolation, that the same would apply when it comes to performing the bris, that it, it doesn't matter if you've davened, if you haven't davened, if you have born in Shabbos, if you haven't born in Shabbos, if the sun is still on the horizon and scientifically it is still Friday, so then you do the bris. That is the P'sak of the Taz.
1: But what, what do you do? Your hands are tied, right? You, you've already accepted Shabbos. And now
0: that's well, the Taz is reading into this B'shosh that even though you've already accepted Shabbos, it's irrelevant when it comes to the mitzvah of bris Milah. As far as bris Milah is concerned, it's still
1: Friday. It's a tremendous chiddush. It's, I understand right? it's Friday. I, look, I, you could agree with that, but then what do you do with the fact that you're doing a malacha? How? So uh, in the, in the, the
0: way the Taz is saying that, why is that any different mm. than if the baby was born at that time? The baby's born at this time on Friday afternoon, after I have all that, if everybody agrees that for the whole community, it's Shabbos. Nevertheless, I'm going to do the bris on Friday. Mm. What do you mean the baby was born on Shabbos? You're doing the bris a day early. No, because vi- vis-a-vis Mila it was
1: still Friday. Right, I understand, but it, it, like to me, all you've done, all the times has proven with that with that first case is this is definitionally Friday. I understand, we we could all agree with that, but this person accepted Chavez or this community accepted Chavez. Now, that's what I'm saying. Their hands are tied. Yeah, it's fr- I I understand Friday by definition. It's Friday, but I can't. I'm, now I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> it's two different reason, things yeah no, i know i I'm, i i i
0: hear i i identify with your argument i don't understand how the house presents this as if, as if a equals b i don't see it that way i think you could be mikhallic
1: unless there's yeah. a good reason medically whatever it has to be the eighth day it's very they're very strict in the eighth right day. so how do you measure eighth day someone someone's tonight that they took a Shabbos. that's not a day that's not, the, you know, that he be, he be circumcised on the...
0: Just to tickle st- Ari's appetite for tomorrow morning, what if the baby would cross the date line between when he was born yeah. on the breast? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there's a eighth, the notion of eighth day is not by someone taking in Shabbos early. Days.
0: Right, so the, but the Taz is saying that that applies on both ends of the week, on the first day and on the eighth day. Yes, Steve? So if you
2: do the breast, and the community's taken Shabbos in, does the community have to repeat Marrow after the breast?
0: No. <laughs> Good point. But that,
2: the, 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 what the Taz is saying,
0: that, that's talking about, it, 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 in the first part of the Taz, you would be right, because he's saying that it was like a mistake, right? Like a cloudy day. Now he's saying it's not a mistake. It's still Shabbos for you. It's Shabbos with regard to everything else besides Briss. As far as Bris is concerned, it's not Shabbos. It's like a
1: sort of... You yeah, have a cake and ah, eat it too. Yeah, that's what, okay, that's what he's saying. You can eat, eat your cake and have it. Okay, so now, I'm, now I think that's I understand what you just said. What you, what you I, I understand now that every every better. Cake I understand better. Eat uh, the cake and still have it. better. The expression is... Still he's still saying different. that the definition, that it's that it's still Friday, but well, that's telling you a reality mm-hmm. that in terms of every other aspect of Shabbos, it is Shabbos for these people. But mm-hmm. for this aspect, it isn't.
2: Mm-hmm
0: then he goes on the task continues to say whether or not you should do a so bracha on the, the bris or do the, the bris weekend. without the bracha but his bottom line is you should do the bris and you should blow shoifur I think he says to blow the sorry forget, I'm the, the other way around the bris you do with the bracha but the shoifur you should do without a bracha again we, do, we don't have time to get into that because we only have a few minutes left and I want to um, mention a few more very interesting things firstly the taz invoked the comparison between Accepting Shabbos early and making an oath. And Steve preempted that by saying, well, if it's a, if it's like an oath, so just like an oath can be undone. You could make an oath that you're not going to drink coffee, and then through the process of HaTorah Snotorim, undo that oath. So can a person accept Shabbos and then say, um, no, actually, I changed my mind, and go and be maternator and undo Shabbos. Now, if you could do that, then that would solve all these problems. Just be martinated, go do the bris. Just be to go Mm blow schaefer. Right? Mm. (sighs) Now, the lavush, the is seems to be the first, the first um, Pesach who says beferish that you can do such a thing? And all the rest of the discussion about this, <coughs> and we're not gonna have time to get into all the details, all the rest of the discussion on this are basically Poskim who quote the Levush and rely on him, and Poskim who quote the Levush and say no, this doesn't make any sense, this doesn't work. Levush's argument goes like this. Lavosha's argument goes like this. <coughs> in order to sorry, before I, before I, before I share what the Lavosha actually says, we need a little in introduction. <coughs> the Gemara says that it's permissible on Shabbos for me to say, let's say, uh, I, w- I want, I want my, my property, my pay raise, my produce in this and this area to be kept guard on Shabbos. Now I can't go there because it's outside of my tchum. But you, it's within your tchum, and you could go there. So I could say to you, Ari, can you please go there? And we're not going to get into now the details of the tchum in how it's possible that it should be not in my tchum and in his tchum. It's, there's many ways that that could be possible. The bottom line is, it's within the, ter- the area that he's allowed to walk to on Shabbos. It's beyond the area that I'm allowed to walk to on Shabbos. So I'm allowed to tell him, go and do it on Shabbos. Go and watch my, f- go and watch my field. Now, Tosu says, "That's what the Gemara says." Tosu says, "From here we can deduce that if I've accepted Shabbos upon myself and you have not yet accepted Shabbos upon yourself, I can ask you to do something for me, right? I need to buy something from Jewel. It's already Shabbos for me. Steve, would you mind going to Jewel and 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 get something for me? Because the Gemara is talking about when it's already Shabbos and it's within his area and out of my area." But says Taisos, by the same token, if it's if the question is whether or not it's Shabbos, for me it's Shabbos, I'm not allowed to go shopping. For you it's not Shabbos, you are allowed to go shopping, so it's fine. Says that uh, no, the two cases are not comparable. The reason why I'm allowed to go, ask Ari to go and watch my f- produce on Shabbos, because even though in practice it's out of my bounds, in theory, I can create, I can make it be within my bounds. If there would be Borgenin, if there would be huts along the way, which would be a way to extend the area where I'm allowed to travel on Shabbos, I would also be allowed to go there. So because in theory, there is a possibility for me to get there on Shabbos, therefore, I'm allowed to ask Ari to do so. Whereas when I've accepted Shabbos and you haven't, I can't ask you to go to Druv because there's no way that I could bring in Shabbos. Uh, that that I would be allowed to go to Shul. To Jewel. I've already accepted Shabbos. Says the Bitz Yosef, I don't understand the question. Of course it's possible for me to go to Jewel. I could have not accepted Shabbos. Anyone have a problem with that? Again, the Gemara says, I can ask you on Shabbos to go. Says Toysus, by the same token, I can ask you when it's not yet Shabbos, but I've already accepted Shabbos to go and do something. Wait, I ex- says the Ran. Says the Ran. Um, no, the only reason why I can ask you to go and watch my produce on Shabbos is because I also have the option of doing it on Shabbos in theory if there would be borganin. Whereas here, it's already. Sh- I've accepted Shabbos upon myself. I, there's no way that I could. It would be permissible for me to go shopping. So th- therefore, I can't ask Steve to go shopping for me. Says the Bishyosef, no, in that case, it's also possible, in theory, for me to go shopping. Because I could have not accepted Shabbos upon myself. <coughs> Steve, there, nobody has any problem well, with this? Well, it's, yeah. a, it's <laughs> hard to
1: see. It's, I mean, I, I could have, right? But, but
0: you didn't. Of course I, right, but I didn't. <laughs> and I... In other words, the fact that you could have not accepted Shabbos upon yourself, but, but you did. Here the idea is that even though it's already Shabbos, in theory there's a permissible way for me to get to that field with the Borgadin. Here, once I've already accepted Shabbos, there's no way out. Okay? So in we, we have a called let's call it Machloikos, when I've accepted Shabbos and you have not accepted Shabbos, am I allowed allow to ask you to go shopping? Machloikus. Okay. Says the Ramo that machloikus is only... On Friday evening, when I've accepted Shabbos and you have not accepted Shabbos, but if it's on Saturday evening and Shabbos has already gone out, that I've already made Abdullah, but you're still in the middle of Shalosh Seders, then everyone would agree that um, that that um, that you can ask me to that I can ask you to go um, shopping in jewel, because there I d- I do in fact have the option at any given point. I could just say, okay, I'm making dollar right now. And I would be allowed to go shopping. So because there I do have the capacity to end Shabbos, so I do have a permissible way of doing it, so therefore everyone would agree that I can go on Shabbos. And here's where the Levush comes in, and he says, No, ma'pitom, when it's Erev Shabbos, when it's Erev Shabbos, I created a nader that I'm, I I, I, I I, created this, it's not really Shabbos, I created it, it should be Shabbos, so I could say, look, I created it to be Shabbos as far as I'm concerned. But as far as me not being able to ask you to go, I never intended to create that. That's not what I had in mind when I created this artificial Shabbos on Friday evening, on Friday afternoon. But on the end of Shabbos, when it's, when it's already Shabbos, it, so it, now it's not a Shabbos that I've created. It was already Shabbos, and Shabbos did not yet finish for me. So then I would not be allowed to ask you to go to Jerusalem. That's what the lavush says. Now, then, I I acknowledge I'm going a little bit fast, but I just want to get to his final point over here. (laughs) And the Lavoj then goes on to say that really what I'm saying is implicit in the Rishonim over here. The Rashba, he brings Rashba, Toisva says that I'm allowed to ask you to go on, on Shabbos because it's a and that I could in theory get by. That's why the Rashba says, the Toisva says that I could also ask you on Friday to go to jewel. You know why? Because there I could also get by. How could I get by? We said before, I can't get by because I've already accepted Shabbos. There's another verse, you can not get by. Just like by the Tchumin with my prohibition to get to my, the area where I want my things to be, my produce to be watched. I could get by in theory by creating these Burganin. when I've already accepted Shabbos. There is a permissible way for me to be allowed to go shopping.
2: You didn't have to accept Shabbos only.
0: But I did accept Shabbos only, but there's still a way around it. Steve? You made a mistake. Right? Oh, you're, going, you're, ha-taris nadarim. Ha-taris nadarim. you're going to undo your vow. And that's why Toys doesn't say it about Matzah Shabbos. Right? The, the Lavush is back. The Ramos says that Matzah Shabbos is more lenient than Friday. The Lavush is trying to t- turn that around and say that Friday is more yeah, lenient. Because yeah. on Friday, I accept the Shabbos. I can go to Rav and say, I'm sorry, I have charotah. I'm undoing my acceptance of Shabbos. Like I can with any other vow. On Matzah Shabbos, it's Shabbos already. You can't undo your acceptance of Shabbos. You can make Abdullah, friends, so make Abdullah. But you can't. But, but the Maizah, it's still Shabbos.
2: Is there a degree to this? Like, if I want to, you know, let's say I have no challah, all right, or I have no wine, something like that. That's directly related to the Or, you know what? I forgot to get the horseradish for the katilka fish, you know. Does that play into it? Yes,
0: or? absolutely. So, in order to further address Steve's, uh, Steve, your mama, mama's you're preempting everything I'm going to say. Um, so. Apologies. <laughs> no, it's, 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 that's the best way that means that uh, that means that I'm uh, yeah okay so i'm going to mention two of the puskin Again, yeah, there's many examples. I'm going to just do two examples. There's a Shuvah of the Shaila Meshiv, which is Rabbi Yosef Shaul Natanson, who was the Rav, the Lemberger Rav, later this, it's called, it's Lavov, Lavov, Lemberg. Um, and he has the Shila of a woman who accepted, you leaving? He accepted uh, You
1: know, How much longer do
0: you have? Five minutes. Five minutes? A woman who accepted Shabbos upon herself and then she remembered that she wasn't yet mafrish chala. So, in that case, we saw the Al Tereb said it's no good. But it's the Moghana of Ram says it's no good. But, um, but the show of the Meshav is talking about that in that case. And then we have a very interesting thing, and here there's a very, very interesting, parenthetically, but a fascinating historical. Piece of uh, uh, piece of history here. There's a sefer called. We've discussed this before. There's a sefer called Shalos Tshuvos Torah Lishma. Torah Lishma was published by the Ben under the, the pretense that he had discovered this manuscript from a rabbi who had lived two hundred years before his time, by the name of Yechezkel Kachli or something like that, um, and he published these chuvas. Now. Nowadays, virtually all scholars agree that the Benishai himself wrote these chuvahs, but he wanted, as the name of the Sefer suggests, to have Torah He didn't want to get the credit or the fame for it, so he put it under somebody else's name as if he was just publishing some manuscript that he had found. Now, what, what, how do we know that this is the Benishai? So one of the proofs is this truva. It, it comes up in a number of places. There's another sefer, which is uh, infa- very f- very infamous, we've also discussed this a number of times, called Truvis Psamim Reish. Tshuvas Psalm Reish was pu- published by Shorl Berlin, who was uh, a Moscow, I guess, yeah? Anyway, he published this sefer claiming to have fa- discovered a manuscript of the Truvis of the Rush, and it turned out, I mean, later on it was discovered to just be a forgery, and he himself had written them and attributed them to the Rush. Now, In Shruvis Torah Lishma, he quotes Psalm Rosh, mm-hmm. But the problem is, how could the Ben if he Benishkai had Psalm Rosh, but he's attributing this, Sefer um, to Yhez who lived 200 years before him, Psalm Rosh was never published yet. So whatever the whatever the B'nishchai quotes the Psalm Rosh, he says, the Shuvas of the Rosh, which I have a manuscript of. Because the the B'nishchai is trying to is pretending to put himself off the shoes of a scholar who lived 200 years ago, he wants to quote something that has never been published before, so he pretends that this pretend, the Hezken has these shuvahs in a manuscript. And that's how he gets around, and that's one of the ways we know that the Torah of the Shema was actually written by the ben himself, because he keeps on doing this. He keeps on quoting Son of and other things which were never published yet, 200 years before his time, but were already published, and he just quotes them as if this... This uh, this uh, this persona Yecheskel Kachli has the uh,
1: Kachli kept quoting the B'samim Rosh and,
0: and other shavus which clear, uh, that, that were standard. never published. But uh, you know I have the manuscript of it. Uh-huh. So that's uh, so I mean, why
1: does that, he attribute to Kachli? Why does Ben do that?
0: So because he wanted to hear the He didn't I think as far as I understand, this Kachli is a fictionist figure. He just wanted to not get the attention for it. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. He
0: wasn't. He wasn't a forgery. He's just yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> now. So he has the question, remember, he has the question where a person accepted Shabbos and then he, um, and then he, um, okay, it's a long story, but the punchline is that he had to pay wages, he had to pay wages to somebody and um, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to pay the wages on the day and he accepted Shabbos and he can not going to pay the wages on Shabbos it's out of the tchum and the money and the Muktzah and the traveling on Shabbos he goes through all these things so he says, can he just be Matu Nader and undo his neider to, 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 to undo his acceptance of Shabbos to go and fulfill this biblical mitzvah of, uh, of of paying the wages on time, and finally we'll quote from the B'teil HaChokhma, who's a contemporary of Rabbi Stern, who was in uh, he was in um, he was in Melbourne, he was in Vienna, he was in Eretz and uh, he uh, he's talking about a case where a person has an opportunity to make a lot of money by signing a contract, but he's already accepted Shabbos. Now, there, signing a contract is already a biblical prohibition, so it's much more severe of an issue. You can't so say, you know, the Rabbanon the no problem. So what are we going to do with all these cases? And again, he invokes that perhaps we could rely on this lavush to undo Shabbos. In the case of the Shalomation, which I mentioned of being mafresh Challah, even though the Mogan Avram and the Altarabbi say, Befeirosh, that mafresh Challah in Chutzar, doesn't help. He wants to draw a parallel from the Licht. Remember we said, oh, even though Licht is not a mitzvah, but because people consider it very important, he says, nowadays women consider it very important to be Mavrish Challah before, before the fact. So he wants to use that. Anyway, all of these cases make a very important point, which addresses what Steve was just saying. They say, first of all, why are you not allowed to release a vow on Shabbos? And, uh, it's, sorry, I, I, skipped a, I skipped a step. There's two problems here. One is, can you really, can you, does, does hataras Sendorim help for accepting Shabbos? And even if it does, but you're not allowed to do hataras Sendorim on Shabbos, unless it's for the sake of Shabbos. So they get the, you know, there's a lot to go around over here. But the point is they say, first of all, if you find three people who have not yet accepted Shabbos, it's not a problem for me to be matter my nader. It's a problem for the rabbis to be matter the nader. So if you find three rabbis who have not yet accepted Shabbos, then it's certainly fine. But and here Steve asks, you know, where where do you draw the line? What if I just well it's not convenient for me because I want my grain for my gefilte fish So there we say, no, that you can only be matter and if, uh you could uh, f- first of all from two aspects. First of all, as far as the laws of Shabbos are concerned, you could only be mater and neder on Shabbos. You know, if you don't find three rabbis who so it's not yet Shabbos for. So you could only be mater and eder on Shabbos if it's for the sa- for, for an, a real need of Shabbos, not just because you have Ukraine. But then there's another point, and that is Nidre mitzvah. Even though in general anytime you regret taking a vow, you can annul it. But if it's a vow for a mitzvah, so then you can only um you could only annul it with a pesach with a pesach, not with karata, which let's just uh, loosely explain if it's a very extreme need. In other words, if I take a vow, I don't know, not to drink coffee, yeah, so then okay, it's too hard, I can annul it. But if I take a vow to do a mitzvah, the example in Shuknarak is to give tzedakah so then I can't just annul the vow. You know, I vowed, I, I pledged a million dollars to the voting campaign, I changed my mind. If there's a Pesach, if there's a really extreme situation that's something that something I could have never anticipated came up, and that's why I can't afford my pledge, so then, under extreme circumstances, we, w- we, we will annul a vow for mitzvah. So here, accepting Shabbos, even if you say like the that, lavush that that it's comparable to a vow, but it's a vow of a mitzvah. Doing Shabbos is a vow of a mitzvah, and therefore you would only be allowed to annul it in an in an extreme case of, of, of uh, in an extreme case, which would qualify as a pesach, which it's difficult to, 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 to categorize exactly mm-hmm. what that means, but it certainly would not be because I want to create a mega filter fish. It would have to be an extreme case and. Mm-hmm. In extreme cases, there does is this opinion of the Levush. Again, I'm not aware if the Alter Rebbe explicitly quotes it, but there is this tremendous Kiddush of the Levush that um, that you can can under those extreme circumstances annul and undo your acceptance upon, of of Shabbos. And it seems that some poskim accept that that of the levush in some cases, but other poskim, including the magen avraham and the aruch and others, seem to say very clearly that absolutely not. Once you've accepted shabbos, there may be certain uh, there are certain times when rabbinic prohibitions would be permissible, even though you've accepted shabbos. But undoing your acceptance of shabbos, according to uh, I, th- I think it would be safe to say most poskim, certainly many very prominent poskim, is just not possible, it's not in the same uh, genre as vows and is not subject to Hattara Sanatory.